0: You're tuned in to KCIA Radio, CalArts' student-run, free-form radio station. Due to the government restrictions related to the COVID-19 outbreak, KCIA's broadcast studio is no longer accessible. What you are hearing is a remote broadcast from one of our DJs. As a student-run, non-commercial radio station, KCIA supports the free expression of ideas. The opinions expressed are those of the speakers or artists only and do not necessarily reflect the views of KCIA management, staff, or CalArts. Please direct your comments to KCIA at alum.calarts.edu. Hey, Magic Lantern Show. Welcome, welcome to the Magic Lantern Show. I'm your host, Matthew Pagoga. And we've got a great show lined up for you. Our guest tonight is Sean Regan. And we're going to be talking a lot about film and the movies. So that'll be kind of our uh, topic of the day, is film and movies. It's been a crazy week. I I know I've had a weird one. How about you? Anybody watch that thing that happened on TV where... A monster yelled at an old man for 90 minutes? God, that was just the worst, wasn't it? Ugh. Well, I guarantee that this hour will be more enjoyable. Even if it's not good, it'll be more enjoyable than whatever that was. But let's not uh, spend any more time on, on that kerfuffle. Uh, my guest tonight is Sean Regan. He's a filmmaker, writer, uh, I've known him for 14 years and he's one of the kindest, funniest, smartest people I know and he's just a dynamo of insight and hilarity and vivacity. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to present Sean Regan. <laughs> How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah. It's a lovely day to be alive.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: I suppose.
0: Uh, So Sean is a filmmaker, has made several films. Uh, I knew him when he made a short film called Push. Tell tell us a little bit about Push.
1: Oh, Push was my thesis film at the Los Angeles Film School. in 2007 uh, it's about 11 minutes long uh, it's it's kind of locked into I have one DVD copy of it uh, the master tapes were lost in a fire uh, and they were lost in a fire? yeah I, I mean I'm pretty sure it was a fire I think my editor just kind of left town with everything uh that was when uh, HT meant uh, a really, really big camera and these enormous HD tapes. Uh, and like two years after that, it became. Oh, right, like a the like cassette. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, remember it had that orange strip on yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, you couldn't
0: play them in anything. You needed like a special deck yeah, just to yeah, play the HD tapes. Deck. It was a ridiculous
1: process. It's, yeah. It's, it, like, I, I think the next year was like. P two cards and it became irrelevant. Right. All of my tapes. You need the the HD nine hundred camera to.
0: Yeah, and like no DSLRs like couldn't shoot video. No. And now that's like a popular thing to use for independent films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is nice, but it's also. I don't know. Sometimes I think now maybe it's too easy.
0: Like the ubiquity of it is too easy. Yeah, that's but it, yeah. But it's still not easy. They say that about photography too, because it's like everyone everyone can be a photographer, right? Oh, yeah, like, oh, got i got this settings, DSLR. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Post software is really easy to use now, so yeah. it's like you know, it's a bit flooded. <laughs> anyway, uh all the music I used it was like dream music just for the uh, thesis screening for our graduation at film school. So I got like. The Velvet Underground and the Stooges and right. uh, the Rolling Stones on there. Right. Uh, which I don't think it would be worth the fees on any short film to use a Rolling Stones song. Uh, so it's it's really just like a nice little thing I have for myself now. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> but I like. I mean, I, I, I still think it's good. Yeah. It was a really fun experience, you know? Yeah. It's the first yeah. time I really directed anything with a crew, and I don't
0: know, it's very valuable. And then you worked on a, a feature, More Harder Than a Diamond.
1: Yes, More Harder Than a Diamond. An unlicensed private detective serving the underprivileged community uh, is drugged and has to find a snitch while his rival attempts a ill-fated crime spree in the desert with a new friend Nice Doesn't feel like it covers it but when you write something and then you're like let me reduce it to a sentence or two it, it right. never feels good I always want to add a paragraph about little details
0: that I like but no one wants that <laughs> And is it, if I recall correctly it's shot in black and white, is that right?
1: Yeah uh, why, why black and white? Well, we had a really shitty camera, and I thought the only way to make it look really good was if we went hard and leaned into the uh, the indie aspect of it. Um, and then watching the dailies uh, every day after shooting was like, well, I really like it in black and white. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it's just an aesthetics thing. And it is highly influenced from... Uh, down by Law, the Jim Jarmusch movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Wanted to lean on uh, composition, things like that.
0: I don't know. It just felt better in black and white. Yeah, if you get rid of the color, you it seems like you you can focus more on some of the compositional elements. Sure. I imagine contrast <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. lighting. Yeah, I yeah. know stuff. I swear. Well, in light of the COVID restrictions that we're currently under and given that we can't get a band uh, very easily together in my backyard where Sean and I are recording, uh, I've asked Sean to choose a musical guest, kind of just a dream musical guest, and we're going to play three pieces throughout the program uh, from that guest. And Sean has chosen Masaru Sato. Masaru Sato was a Japanese film composer studied under Fumio Hayasaka on Kurosawa's earlier films including Seven Samurai. Once Hayasaka passed, Kurosawa hired Masaru Sato to compose scores for films such as Throne of Blood, The Bad Sleep Well, Yojimbo, uh, Senjuro, and Redbeard. After that, Masaru Sato became a renowned composer of many of the Godzilla films including Son of Godzilla and Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla Masaru Sato passed away on December 5th 1999 so just before the turn of the century has a very distinctive style that blends uh, traditional Japanese music with classical film scoring and e- even some some really avant-garde elements which you'll definitely hear in this first piece so without further ado Masaruo Sato the lower depths
2: Sore Konchiki-sho A Konkon Konchiki-sho A Konkonchiki-sho konchiki 地獄 Tetris, 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 Sink I don't know. That they have anything. I don't think it is. 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 I don't think
0: it is.
2: I don't think it is.
1: is the lower depth which is also the song yeah song (sighs) anyway I feel like it'd be great as like the uh opening for uh some kind of comedy thriller
0: yeah it reminds me a lot of some of the music from Akira with this like acapella weird yeah kind of rhythm to it off-putting kind of ominous uh
1: but still somehow lighthearted yeah. i don't know that might just be
0: how my mind reads it yeah 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 well we're talking about kurosawa and <laughs> you know black and white film and i mean neither of us are old enough to remember black and white film like from when it was around. The thing. yeah uh but like what what was do you remember your first film and uh, like going to the theaters do you remember that Oh god. I think it was Cliffhanger. You think Cl- Cliffhanger was yeah. the first movie that you saw in theaters? Yeah. Uh that's amazing.
1: I don't I think it's because my parents couldn't get a babysitter and then they just kinda like after that op I think it was four. Uh and they kinda opened the doors to just seeing pretty much any movie
0: in theaters. Uh but, yeah, once you've seen Cliffhanger, I mean, <laughs> it's a
1: it's a horrifically gory movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wildly violent. You've yeah. got excellent performances from uh, uh, John Lithgow and Michael Rooker and Sylvester Stallone uh, <laughs> as like a you know a jaded, crusty
0: mountain climbing instructor. Like I think mine was like the Rescuers, which has its is haunting in its own way, but it's not the it's not cliffhanger.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think after that it was the Mighty Ducks. Oh, sure. And Correct. that combination Correct. of films Correct. solidified my desire to become a filmmaker because. That's yeah. That's a range. Seeing those two things, it's like, right. well, you could tell any story you wanted. <laughs>
0: Everything from cliffhanger to, to the Mighty Ducks.
1: You know. You yeah. Can... Oh was a slow burn after the mighty ducks it was like hockey hockey is my life <laughs> And then you know it wasn't yeah uh, we lived in Maine at the time we moved to Southern California and there was there was hockey available. it was just much harder to just go do right like right. in Maine it was just like go to the pond, see your friends, have a pickup game right in California it was like... You gotta get a ride. You know, you can't ride your bike there. Right. It was I don't know, too many moving
0: parts. True. Sure. Yeah. Do you do you climb? <laughs> you were never inspired to to cliff hang?
1: Oh no, the the cliffhanger made me never, ever want to climb, or anything. You know, the opening scene, we're just like, like the man. they got like the best equipment and it just broke and the lady falls down the ravine and it's super <laughs> dramatic. I couldn't handle that. Yeah,
0: you were like, no, I don't want to do that.
1: I well, see that. It's like jumping out of a plane. I'll do it, but I want to have to do it. Like, the plane's got to be going down. Right. Like can't be perfectly good airplane. <laughs>
0: well We're going to take a short commercial break. Sean, uh, if you're unfamiliar, th- that's something we do here on the Magic Lantern Show. And to you, audience joining us, that's something we do. We take... Uh, Commercial Breaks gives this show kind of a cool vintage homage flair as we're channeling the Dick Cavett Show, Uh, bears mentioning that we're not actually affiliated with these ads. So it's... Anyway, enjoy. Uh, We'll just take a short break. Am I cutting too? No. Oh. You're staying right here. Great.
2: Here's George, the giraffe. Hello. Among the jungle animals, I guess I'm not the strongest. But when I eat my frosted flakes, I get the swallow longest. New flakes, frosted flakes, yellow sugar, frosted flakes. I run into some trouble when I try to bend way down. But when I'm near my frosted flakes, I really go to town. Sure's your part, I'd be for Without my frosted
3: flakes of corn. Yes, nothing makes friends faster than Kellogg's exciting new cereal, Sugar Frosted Flakes. Big, crunchy flakes of corn with sparkling sugar on every flake. And always ready to eat. All you need is milk or cream, or eat them right out of the box. And tasty... they
2: tops! Now here's a tip before I go. I'm sure you will agree. These great new flakes that Kellogg makes prove how sweet a treat can be. New Flakes, Frosted
0: Flakes, Kellogg's Sugar Frosted Flakes. Thank you to Kellogg's for, um, is it Kellogg? Kellogg's. I think it's plural. Plural. It's like possessive, right? Kellogg's. I don't know if it's possessive. Thank Mr. Kellogg. Kellogg's. (laughs) I see, okay. Like Jim Kellogg's. Jim Kellogg's. I don't know anything. Okay.
1: No. Uh, I really like that
0: commercial, though. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, thank thank Mr. (laughs) Kellogg's mr mr jim kellogg's jim Jim kellogg's uh so we're talking about film time at movies Mm. what do you think is gonna happen to movie theaters are we still gonna have movie theaters is that a thing that we'll still have after all that is said and done i'd be so sad if we don't yeah i know sure it's like i don't
1: know going to the movie theater is like going to church it's uh you don't do it all the time, but when you do it's important going Me to especially... the church is in
0: you're made to do it when you're four and it's dark and terrifying <laughs> and there's a, and there's a man and there's a man hanging on up there, yeah, for dear life, for dear John life guy's
1: there he's <laughs> not being funny, or your grandpa' yeah. upsetting uh no it was i don't know it was like a powerful experience uh yeah in that sense like going to church um that and since you know with ticket prices becoming insane at most quality theaters it's like you didn't do it that often you know yeah it had to be a real good movie or uh, something of great spectacle that you could be
0: inebriated while watching true sure. it just feels yeah it feels like you know the the ground was already shifting yeah prior to all this you know we we were already Netflix has already got its hooks in deep and yeah
1: yeah and well, it, uh, it seems like there's a, a revolution in the series you know yeah uh, which i which I have mixed feelings about it's like a a movie it's a, a singular entity that tells a story, one story concisely hopefully uh, and then it's over and you revisit it you know if you want to but uh, a series I guess the what I like about it and what I kind of don't like about it are that you can you can really go deep into all of your characters and you can tell a very expansive story um, but also if you're watching like eight to 13 hours of a show all at once i feel like things can get lost yeah like some efforts maybe go to the wayside there sure but it i mean focused? It's, it's, it's i find it more exciting than anything because you can really tell a big story now right yeah um like with streaming services like netflix like episodes could be an hour or they could be 20 minutes it's like whatever whatever you want to put in that nutshell
0: yeah it does feel like i mean i know i'm playing advertisements but it does feel like without that convention for television that does really change the dynamic because it doesn't have to be a 30 minute show with three ad breaks yeah you know you can really shake it up and be like no it's a 17 minute program yeah and that's it. it that's it that's it. We never cut. It's 17 minutes. You just watch it. You just watch the whole thing. Or it's an hour. And it just... It's like a little mini-movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that is that—that's cool. I mean... <clears throat> I like that. I mean...
1: I've been trying my... I've never really written a series before. So, I mean... got a lot of time on my hands these days. So I figured I'd give it a shot. Sure. And uh, I mean... I kind of like it because... I've been treating it like every episode is its own movie. Sure. Uh, and telling
0: a full story within an episode. Yeah. Uh,
1: but the beauty of it is, like, it I also don't have to. Like, it can be a continuation, uh, which I kind of feel like it has to be sometimes. I don't know. I'm fighting my legs with this. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I kind
0: of like that, you know? You have the, the choice. But when you're writing now, I mean, you say you're writing a series, and I assume you're, you're still writing films. Uh, when you're writing films, I mean, are you imagining them in a theater still? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. God, that'd be ideal. I mean,
1: I don't want movie theaters to go away, but if... if I mean, there's... In the United States, at least, it feels like there's no end in sight to this pandemic sure I guess if it's just the United States after a while then it's an epidemic sure I don't know uh I feel like once there's a working vaccine maybe like a year after that and hopefully all the structures remain in place for that to happen I don't want movie theaters to go away that'd be heartbreaking yeah that would change uh I don't know I can't imagine growing
0: up without movie theaters hmm. well do you think do you think there will always be a market for for that i mean you know it's such an experience as you say, and do you think we'll, we just will always have some kind of market for a movie theater? maybe it just looks different maybe this just it has maybe art house goes to the movie theater as well yeah. as everything transitions I, I don't know or maybe drive-ins make a big big comeback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are and
1: we're seeing that a little we, bit. Yeah, we are seeing that. I like that. There was one in France where it was a it was a swim-up. I don't think that'd be great in the COVID times. No, but,
0: but can you imagine watching Jaws in a swim-up uh, movie in, in theater? Oh my god. Yeah. Uh oh, that'd be uh, great. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe those kind of novelty kind of experiences will shake it up, but I do feel like it does feel like the the Cineplex with like the twenty screens, huge screens taking up all this the space is probably. Yeah. I feel like that's not they're they're certainly not building them right now. They're not building no. new twenty no. screen no movie, new theaters. movie theaters
1: right now. Uh. Well, I mean, I don't think we'll be taking them down. Feels yeah. like I don't know. Rooms made to house a bunch of people for an event, are, just gonna be taking a break for a while. Yeah. 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 I I, I don't know. I've, what I've wanted to happen during this is just everyone puts a pause on everything except for just living and not contracting an infectious disease right that should be the goal (laughs) like i mean just like hit the pause button on capitalism in
0: general yeah because everything's kind of fucked yeah i didn't ask can i say fuck yeah i we don't care we're student-run radio no one's listening to this oh
1: fantastic
0: (laughs) you can talk about like illegal things Oh, fucking A. I did a cigarette ad in my last show.
1: Oh, wonderful. I'm smoking a cigarette right now. And and it tastes
0: delicious. Pyramids,
1: the bailout cigarette. (laughs) Because you deserve a bailout, too. But, I mean, I would like to once again in my life be in a room filled with people. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless uh, society under- undergoes a major change and everything is just outdoors now, sure. Uh, seems like there's space for it. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff that's already built. I don't know. It's confusing and sad. Yeah.
0: Well, on that note, let's <laughs> let's let's play another let's play another song from Masaru Sato. We're going to do The Hidden Fortress by Masaru Sato. Imagine it as, like, your intro music when I heard it. Earlier, I thought maybe you would, <laughs> if this was, like, an actual television show, you'd, like, walk out to it, you know? And oh, God. There, I feel
1: like that would be a misrepresentation of how dramatic I am as a person. <laughs> but then again, I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but I like that so much.
0: Yeah. It ha- it has a lot of energy. It has A, a lot little, of yeah. energy. Yeah
1: epic Uh, again it just always brings me back to that that drive I was taking the the long the long drive home with all the uh, big sweeping shots of
0: strange vistas Uh, and certainly you've been driving I know that you've been driving through some of the fire stuff you know and those it's awful it's such an awful thing but what a weird cinematic yeah. view to drive through, you know, like yeah no everything looks uh, like a Roger Deacons, you know, like uh yeah. yeah, no, it was uh, it, I mean it's like this is
1: very sad, everything's on fire,'m acknowledging the tragedy of it all. I mean, of course, some of these fires are just naturally what occur, but if you acknowledge all of that all of the facts of everything, and you kind of let those go for a minute, it was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, just You know, you heard it here.
0: Sean Regan. The fires were really cool. We're going to quote that.
1: Uh, well, it, it, well, it takes me back to the, the shoot I was on, because we were in uh, Walker, California, uh, on a film called The uh, Follower, by James Rich and smaller town productions uh, uh, and a lot of the cast and crew was very worried about the fires was coming from we were all coming from different directions from California like we all you know had COVID tests and everything and we were very isolated uh, and suddenly we were in this group um, and everybody had to drive through a different part of California and during that time last month, every part of california had a wildfire like i downloaded (laughs) this app and it was just the entire state covered in red dots Mm -hmm. um and there was a lot of concerns and i was always very gung-ho when it came to production and i was like this is nothing this is nothing this is fine It's, it's 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 a controlled burn right the director james was the same way he was like "No, no no i grew up in this area it's a controlled burn everything's fine uh, and so one morning we woke up and on the other side of this ridge there was an enormous fire and just a just a epic plume of smoke just covering the sun. Uh and we could literally see the fire like it was coming towards us and I still felt myself going this is this is fine. It's a controlled bar- I'm being, this is, Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes later the whole town was evacuated. And I was mm-hmm. like okay, okay all right i'll calm down um but uh seeing that it it, it, everything's orange it was a real head trip uh felt like some lost production value but um uh i mean the area is completely uninhabited like there's barely animals uh So
0: I feel less like a dick for saying that it looked really cool. Yeah. And it does feel it's feels so heightened that it's happening, you know, parallel to COVID. It makes it feel so much more apocalyptic. I mean, not that it isn't, but it it certainly amps that feeling up. Definitely. Um, And how does it how does the COVID dynamic change production? I imagine. I mean, you know, when I have been on set, it's it's everyone's. You're, you're cramped into a room together or something, um, filming for long hours. I, 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 how does that work? How does that work with the, with the film crew? Well, uh,
1: beforehand everyone had, a, had a, a double test, you know, mm-hmm. and if you, obviously if you're positive, you can work on it. Sure. Um, and then everyone was urged, of course, to stay indoors and isolate themselves uh, in between their test results coming back and and the uh, the shooting. I mean, the the first day was the only day that we were really all in a room together. Most of it was outdoors. So, yeah. like, distancing wasn't very difficult during that time. Uh, but the first day we were all in a small apartment and we all had masks on. Uh, and everybody was pretty cool about it, like, you know, following the rules. But eventually, um, we all got comfortable, um, which was probably bad. But <laughs> I mean, I got a test when I got home. I was negative. Nobody from the production came back positive either. Right. I mean, I'm not saying don't be careful, but I think once you pot up with some people, yeah, absolutely, uh, that it's uh, it's better. I mean, it's it's safer. Um, I was doing production sound, so the only times I was close to anyone was. i was pinning a mic to them uh, right i mean the rest of it i'm holding a a very long pole over their heads right i could i could could stand pretty far away (laughs) um but i imagine uh different shoots when people are i mean when the sets are all indoors i imagine that would be a pretty uncomfortable dynamic i know there's uh like on bigger productions, there's a COVID compliance officer, and they're making sure everybody follows
0: the rules. Which, what a strange, what a strange shift. Even just that is that there's a person there. Yeah, how, how crazy is that? Yeah, yeah. I just wonder, you know, I wonder how much. Different, we're going to look from this or is this going to be like, man, remember, remember when we had COVID compliance officers going around? Like, I, like it's hard to job. know. It's hard yeah. to know what this will look like, if it'll look, I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's similar. You know, I was thinking, thinking about post or pre-September 11th and Here. you know walking someone to your gate and or you know meeting them at the gate to yeah. say like hey how are you we doing know, you know, at the hey airport. oh you, you you're home you can just do that that's my impression of what you do when someone comes <laughs> hey hey hi <laughs> hey,
2: hey you're back uh, you're back woo-hoo. um
0: woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, but then you know this thing happened and then it's just changed we've never now yeah
1: now you're not in the airport unless you're getting on or getting off of a
0: plane right Uh, and like you have to take off your shoes and like it's like all these things that are like we never did that before it was like a person waved a little wand in front of you and was like yeah you're fine yeah go ahead no that was that was it
1: uh i remember my 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 dad traveled a lot when i was a kid uh and we would always like go we would always meet him at the gate when he came home yeah Uh, and then obviously you know 9-11 happened and we were just like all right fine yeah now you can take a taxi. No one... Yeah. <laughs> now nobody's getting picked up at LAX. Yeah, no one. No one's getting picked up. Now.
0: All right, well, let's take another short break uh, with a with another one of our sponsors, not sponsors. Uh, just. Sponsors. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll be right back after this.
1: Old
3: Spice means quality, said the captain to the boatswain. So ask for the package with the ship that sails
2: the
1: ocean. ho, ho! Here's a fellow who looks and feels like the top of the morning. Mm hmm. That's because he's
3: starting his day the Old Spice way. Old Spice after shave lotion, the happiest ending a shave ever had, and it's good for your skin. Makes your face wake up, tingles it to a clean, fresh feeling. Fresh as the spray of the surf.
4: And you'll really like that good, tangy old spice scent, bright and bracing as an ocean breeze. Now, what does all this luxury cost? Just one dollar. And never did a dollar bring you so much. So add spice to your life. Get Old Spice After Shave Lotion by Schulten, just one of many famous Old Spice grooming aids for men.
0: That's Old Spice After Shave Lotion from the laboratories of Schulten. It's kind of funny to play. An aftershave ad on a program with two very—you can't see us—but two very fuzzy-faced yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. I haven't used after i don't aftershave. I,
1: oh, the look I'm going for is mangy transient.
0: <laughs> do you use Old Spice products though? I do. Yeah, I do I'm too.
1: Old Spice deodorant currently. Me too. Yeah. Which one do you got?
0: Uh, I think Pure
1: Sport. Okay. Yeah, no, and I was still working in the kitchen. I, I would do that or fresh. Yeah. Uh, recently, I think uh, my mom sent me some deodorant because, I don't know, moms are weird sometimes. I don't know if she was trying to tell me anything or she was just like, <laughs> it's just, I'm sure you need this. Maybe you don't want to spend money on a shot here. But it was the captain one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which smells like the other ones to me, but it says captain on it, so I feel... Right better right you feel like the yeah. the authority I feel
0: like the leader of my odor <laughs> well old spice if you're listening give us give us free shit yeah and money and oh and money yeah give that would be me nice money too. well what do you have coming up what are you what are you working on now you are you gonna finish the feature uh well I
1: sent off the script to the people who wanted to read we'll see if they like it I don't know trying not to get my hopes up or anything but sure. uh I don't know the dream continues now i've got all this all this unemployed time on my hands i feel as though i might as well create i mean it's not often easy with the underlying anxiety of the state of
0: the world uh but it also feels very necessary yeah you know. Are you working on? Any, you you mentioned a series. Are you working on anything in particular other
1: than that? Uh, well, I'm fine-tuning that. I've got about three episodes. Putting a putting a series bible together. Uh, I'm doing a lot of reading recently, and they apparently they just want to read a pilot. But I had already written three episodes, so I I'm gonna keep writing it. You know, what's the what's the show? Uh. <sighs> Well, it started out as a, a writing exercise uh, the director of Follower and I were doing while we still worked at the restaurant. Um, you know, he writes a couple pages, I write a couple pages, go back and forth. This has happened a couple times with this specific exercise. I think it might be my fault. But after, like, the third go-around, I kind of run with it. Uh, and then uh, the other person gives up. <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway, it was the uh, college dropout getting coerced into killing a bunch of people uh, for a crime syndicate. Um, he finds out he's kind of good at it, and there's some moral ambiguity happening there, because all the people are really bad, but, you know... being coerced so he's got to do it i don't know i'm too
0: close to it right now stop asking me questions i <laughs> no kidding no. Uh, well that's one thing you know through all of the the film stuff that you do um i'm going to put you on the spot here okay through all of the film stuff that you do I, crime is a is a running thread yeah you know uh yeah. y- your work definitely probes kind of the the seedier sides of life the the criminal, you know, you just mentioned crime syndicates. And um, I'm just curious what, what is, what is the attraction for you?
1: Well, I feel like crime is kind of a byproduct of a unfair capitalist system. Just throughout the years, you know, becoming educated and uh, watching Things unfold. Uh, you know, people get desperate. They need things, uh, but that doesn't necessarily cancel them out as good people. You know, there's a, I don't know, there's a moral flexibility that comes with desperation that I like to explore. Uh, and a, a criminal element is kind of. I don't know, it's as American as apple pie. It's from the beginning, there's always been, uh, people denied a regular fighting chance, so they have to make their own, and it's, you know, through loopholes. I mean, and everyone does it. Like, I feel like most people, break at least three laws a week uh, <laughs> and even like the 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 people at the top like it's abundantly clear that they are the worst criminals <laughs> yeah uh, and the people at the bottom are literally just trying to feed their families yeah you know so that re- uh, kind of that relative
0: nature of crime is, yeah, is you know,
1: the relative right? nature of crime I, I suppose would be a,
0: a good way to put it uh, and yeah. The, yeah and the ubiquity of as you say it just kind of in our society yeah uh i
1: mean you know you think about like the prohibition era uh and just like the regular prohibition of of drugs in general like the the war on them uh if lawmakers can snap their fingers and make something not a crime anymore like alcohol uh then everybody's going to have a drink that night you know it's like you know certain crimes like you know the ones that hurt people uh, those are bad I'm not I'm not championing it, championing any of those but uh, like marijuana and, and drugs in general it's like it's mostly just a war on poor people yeah It seems like a matter of perspective
0: yeah Absolutely.
1: More than anything.
0: Well, I think this is a great point to play our last performance from Masaru Sato.
1: The Bad Sleep Well.
0: and yeah well this has been wonderful having you on Sean it's been a pleasure what what do you what's next for Sean Regan what's what's the next move
1: I don't know I'm just gonna go home maybe get (laughs) some Thai food (laughs) trying to delete the the delivery apps but it's like you know I like touching my phone in a familiar way, and suddenly there's food. <laughs> it's pretty nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm a pretty good cook. It's
0: how I paid my rent for a long time, but I don't want to do it. Yeah. Professionally, what's what's next for Sean Regan? I mean, oh, well,
1: I don't know. Scouring the internet for uh, creative opportunities, however they present themselves. I like the idea of working remotely and uh, reducing my carbon footprint so to speak especially now it's abundantly clear that that's very important Uh, but yeah yeah, just kind of building up my arsenal of uh, screenplays I guess
0: Uh, and waiting for this shit to end Amen to that Well, if you're listening out there and you want to produce a screenplay, I happen to know someone who's got some on hand. A bunch on hand. Thank you, Matthew. You're welcome, Sean. Thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. We hope to have you back again in the future. Oh, yeah. Now
1: I'm going to be your Andy
0: Richter. Okay. (laughs) I mean, if if it's okay. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Thanks, Sean Regan. Uh, We'll be right back after this.
3: This is Welchade grape drink. It tastes better than the leading selling grape drink. We use a secret ingredient that makes it taste better. More grape juice. More grape juice than even the leading selling grape drink. Of course, if you don't want a grape drink with more grape juice, just add water and sugar and Welchade will taste just like the other grape drink. Welchade Grape Drink.
0: More grape juice. I really like that they say the secret ingredient and then immediately tell you what the secret ingredient is. It's grape juice. Well, it's not a very, first of all, it's not a very ingenious ingredient in grape drink to put in grape juice. And second of all, you know, it's not that much of a secret now that you just immediately told me. I'm like, oh, I have a secret. And here it is. It's a, it's a little weird. Anyway, uh, wasn't that a great conversation with Sean? I, you know, uh, it's so strange, the, the, the state of film uh, that we're in these days. Um, and we've got a little bit of extra time here at the end of the hour. And I thought, you know, last week we were playing James Baldwin with Dick Cabot, And this time I wanted to, uh, you know, stay on theme, talking about the film world and movies and movie theaters and what's happening in television And um, we're going to turn to an authority on the subject. Uh, I, I in fact, won't even say who we're turning to. Just see if you recognize that voice.
4: There's been a a certain amount of criticism of, of the trends of American influence on things like horror comics, and indeed on the films. Do you feel uh, that uh, there's anything really, when you get down to it, in the suggestion that American influence is towards a spread of juvenile delinquency through the world? I don't think that horror films or horror comics contribute to juvenile delinquency. I think that they may encourage psychotics and other dangerous types, but juvenile delinquency is, I think, a symptom of the illness of our age doesn't come from lack of playgrounds or bad comic books, but of a great longing for youth to have something to rebel against. You wouldn't say that children are imitative, and that they tend to imitate what they see or read? If they were, they would have come from the bear pits and the globe theatre and committed some rather extraordinary acts in the Elizabethan days,
3: well, so you know.
2: You don't think that the glorification of violence, which is shown even in, in some of the Westerns, it gives them ideas. It would make them think they like to shoot from
3: the hip or... Well, you see, I think... draw and this
2: sort
4: of thing. <coughs> I think that all vital periods of the drama and of literature are periods of great violence and that all of our great plays and novels are violent. And I don't like them when, when they are poor novels or when they are not works of art, they become uh, shoddy and seem to be... Uh, seem to be pandering. Yes, but usually in wicked, you know. Virtue triumphs. Whereas in the horror comics it doesn't always. Ah, uh, doesn't it? I don't think so, no. No, not always. Well,
0: it doesn't in Edgar Allan Poe either, you know. No. That was Orson Wells uh schooling some British commentators on juvenile delinquency and the causes of that and Again, an argument that you still hear today about video games, about this, that, and the other thing. I love his his line there at the end of of Fed ground Paul. Let's do another. Uh, this one will be Dick Cavett, our our idol for the show. Uh, interviewing Orson uh, and Jack Lemon is there as well, and you'll you'll hear a little bit of all three of them. Uh, having a discussion on film and television, and and the like. Do you, does this medium intrigue you? Television? Would you like oh, to? Oh yes. Does it?
3: Well, I, I expected. You know, I'd done an awful lot of radio mm-hmm. and theater and movies and everything. So when the television scene began, I said, "Just wait," you know. And I stayed near the telephone, my <laughs> friend. For 15 years, it didn't ring. So, <laughs> uh, from Madison Avenue. So, it's, uh, just now, I've started mm-hmm. into it. They're giving me a special on CBS. Mike Dan has given me, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of contract for a television that I only had once in movies. And that's, but it took an awful long time for the phone to ring. But it intrigues me. I think it's yeah. just the, the great, great medium. But it also mystifies me. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it, you? Yes. Yes, often. Even though you're a master of it, don't you really think it's yeah. there something we haven't figured what, out what, yet? What? 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 Well, you are. Where would a person reach you, though? How would they know where your telephone is? I think of you as a citizen of the globe. Uh, you're photographed one day in Spain and another day you're process, in Luxembourg. Process. Back projection. You're really, that's a little I'm inside. I'm really in Kenosha all the time. All yeah. the time you're in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> How would a person get a letter to Orson Welles is something that once uh, once intrigued me for a long time. And I often wonder, I really do, I think about you a great deal, and I often wonder what you're doing after I wake up and I wonder what Orson Welles is doing today. Does this? Well, he's watching you if he's anywhere in America. Eat yes. that? <laughs> You're not very big in Budapest. Jim. <laughs> oh, <I see. laughs> but that's coming. I, I see. <laughs> you know, uh, a, a lot of, uh, well, I guess all the young people in this country, uh, it's, you sometimes get the feeling, are film happy. Someone once said about this generation they would rather make film than make love. And of course, you are, <laughs> are one of their great heroes. You know, uh, the, for, the, uh, the thing um, is, there they doesn't seem to be anybody wants to go to movies anymore, just make them in the young generation, isn't that true? It is true. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, can I interrupt for just yeah, 10 please seconds? please do. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, Orson, uh, I, I
4: assume maybe you heard this or maybe you didn't, but uh, I know it is a fact that uh, uh, Catch-22 was recently uh, sneak previewed in Boston. Yeah. And when Orson said all of the young kids re- really want to make films and so forth, only 50 uh, students were told that it was Catch-22. And by the time Eight o'clock in the evening came along. There was such a mob they had to run it twice, back to back. Ninety uh, percent of the audience were young, bright college students. Really, that's
3: good news. I now, mean, now when
4: it. your name came on the screen, there was a standing ovation, the biggest of all, including the director and the rest of the cast and everything. But when the name Orson Welles came on Indeed. from this young generation, the whole place fell apart. I don't know whether
3: you had heard didn't that. Didn't know it's that. True, Isn't that wonderful news?
0: I think that's called schmoozing, what Jack Lemmon's doing there, Uh, and Dick Cavett, certainly. But meeting Orson Welles, I can't imagine doing much else than schmoozing. I would schmooze myself. (laughs) I wish Sean was still back on to hear me talk about schmoozing myself. In any case, um, thanks for listening. Uh, I have to plug once again that if you have a project or a band or an art you know know of someone who has a project or a band or you're an artist or or whatever that may be uh we would love to have you on the show we're seeking guests for upcoming programs uh we'll be doing interviews in remotely or in in person using social distancing protocols of course So, please reach out, and you can do so at magiclanternco at gmail.com. That's magiclanternco, all one word, at gmail.com. Very, very special thanks to my guests this evening, uh, Masaru Soto, uh, the late Masaru Soto, uh, the late Orson Welles, and the very now Sean Regan. I hope everyone has a great week. Thank you for listening, and uh, good night.